Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. My name is Sarah Tulaney. I'm a breast medical oncologist at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. And today we're going to be highlighting some of the things both patients and providers need to know about antibody drug conjugates when treating patients with metastatic triple negative breast cancer. So we do have two ADCs that are available for patients with metastatic triple negative disease, trastuzumab deruxtecan, as well as sasetuzumab govotecan. These ADCs are both highly effective antibody drug conjugates that are FDA approved, but they do have different toxicity profiles, and that does need to be kept in mind when treating patients. For TDXD, one of the toxicities that is known is nausea, and so it is really critical to give antiemetic prophylaxis, usually with a three-drug combination. So usually we are combining dexamethasone with the 5-HT3 receptor antagonist, as well as an NK1 receptor antagonist. This does usually work very well for pre-medication. The agent is given once IV every three weeks and usually treated until someone either has progression or develops toxicity. And one can dose modify this agent to help uh, treat some of the side effects that emerge. And I find it is quite effective for things like fatigue. Key side effects that one needs to be aware of outside of just the uh, nausea issue is risk of interstitial lung disease, as well as some lowering of blood counts and potential impact on ejection fraction. For sasetuzumab, it is also important to give antiemetic prophylaxis, but here I usually give two-drug prophylaxis as opposed to three-drug prophylaxis. The agent is given weekly, two weeks on, one week off, intravenously. And the toxicities to be aware of do include neutropenia, nausea, diarrhea, and alopecia. So very important to be aware of these. I think you can see these data a bit more granularly when looking at the TDXD data, where again, the most common toxicity really is nausea. I think we're not used to thinking about neutropenia with HER2-directed ADCs since we've previously been used to TDM1, which does not cause neutropenia, but this agent TDXD does. And then again, with the ILD, it is really important to be aware of because it is 12% of patients who can experience ILD and unfortunately can even lead to death in a small number of patients. And so that has been quite critical to be aware of. That was not the case in DBO4, but has been seen in other uh, studies. I think the other thing uh, to be aware of is most of the ILD is low grade. Uh, And so, you know, again, you can have people who have asymptomatic ILD. And so monitoring this with routine scans is really pretty critical to be able to catch that ILD. And then it's really important to hold the uh, drug at onset of ILD and discontinue it if they have symptomatic ILD. We talked about the issues with nausea with TDXD. And again, remember the three drug prophylaxis is very effective. For the interstitial lung disease, generally, I do like to scan patients every six to nine weeks to make sure that I'm monitoring them carefully. If they have asymptomatic ILD, I do hold drug. I usually do give steroids. It's not required, but I tend to. I hold until it resolves completely on imaging, and then I re-expose them. If it's been less than 28 days, I continue uh, at the same dose. If it's been longer than 28 days, I do dose modify. But grade two and higher ILD, you have to discontinue drug. You cannot re-expose them to TDXD and you do treat with steroids. For sasetuzumab, just be very aware of the neutropenia because a lot of patients do require growth factor support for this agent. Uh, And so please do introduce that if uh, patients are experiencing neutropenia, provide patients with lipiramide as needed for the diarrhea and do counsel patients about risk of developing alopecia with this agent. 
Um, again, we did talk about neutropenia for both of these ADCs and growth factor support can be quite helpful. With sasetuzumab, growth factor is a little more complicated because it's a day one and eight drug. So one could choose to use a long-acting growth factor after day eight or to use short-acting growth factor after day one and long-actor after day eight. And it really depends on when the neutropenia is arising. And really, again, diarrhea is pretty mild with sasetuzumab, but do make sure patients do have lopiramide on hand. Um, so I think really just to summarize with both of these ADCs, to me, the most critical thing is warning patients about the potential side effects so that they can contact you with any issues right away. And particularly with TDXD, that ILD is something you do need to discontinue drug if they have symptomatic ILD and at least hold it for grade one asymptomatic ILD because you don't want to run into risks of developing higher grade toxicity. Uh, thank you very much for your attention. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.